everyone, and welcome to episode 134 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I'm your host, The Raz, with my co-host, The Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the interwebs. And Buck, it is a miserable, miserable Saturday morning, let me tell you that. I... I... I actually am very inclined to disagree with that. I'm having a fan-fucking-tabulous morning, but, you know, I'm sorry that you're not. I am having a terrible time. Thank you, diverticulitis. Uh, But, you know, we're making the best of it here. If you hear me wincing in pain, um, that's why. (laughs) And we're going to deal with it the best we can and get through this. But uh, we, we've got a bunch of stories this week, and, you know, we, we don't really look for themes. They just kind of happen sometimes. Uh, this really isn't a whole themed episode. We do have a couple episodes, couple couple stories, though, along the same same guys. But let's start out with Stupid Americans, shall we? <laughs> That's, you know, if, if there was a good starting point for this, for this comedy monkey go-round, that would be it. You know, take us, take us away, Raz. Because, you know, if anybody's going to make fun of stupid Americans, it's a bunch of stupid Americans. That's us. Uh, yes. Uh, this is being reported by ABC News. U.S. tourist falls into Mount Vesuvius after taking selfie. <laughs> An American tourist fell into Mount Vesuvius, an active volcano in Italy, after trespassing to take a selfie. The 23-year-old man who dropped his phone and tried to retrieve it after taking the selfie fell several meters into the ash of the crater before being saved by nearby park officials on Saturday. What an idiot. Wow. Wow. If you ever go someplace and they say, hey, don't go here, it's probably a reason behind it. But hey, you know what? Uh, But I just wanted to picture, you know, a number of years ago, I was in D.C., and um, they they had all the fencing up, so you couldn't even get like near Pennsylvania Avenue, to, to close to the White House. And there's secret, like, uniform Secret Service all standing around. And there's people that jump over the one barricade so they can go over and take a selfie. The Secret Service is yelling at them to get back, and they're like, "I'm just taking a picture." <laughs> so they've had assault rifles pointed at them, and they're going, "I'm just taking a picture, man." <laughs> No, you're trying to get shot, man. That's what you're trying yeah, to do. That's, that's what the, well, you know, if there was never a better time to counsel somebody with the sage words of advice that if you play with fire, you will get burned. Uh, atop, atop Mount Vesuvius would be a great place to, uh, to, you know, to impart those words of wisdom upon somebody. Well, luckily, wow. he only sustained minor injuries. The man who has not been named allegedly walked on an unauthorized path to reach the summit of Mount Vesuvius at 1,281 meters. <laughs> the spokesman told ABC News that he believes the man went on the unmarked path because uh, tickets for visiting Vesuvius are limited to 2,700 per day, and they were all booked. Uh, the man had come to the opposite side of the crater where visited, visitors are not permitted. Around 3 p.m., the park's volcanologist, volcanologist, there we go, volcanologist uh, guides had spotted some people on the upper part of the crater, an area forbidden for solo access. The guides immediately started moving toward the area where they were able to come to the man's rescue after seeing him attempt to retrieve his cell phone. 
The guides also perform first aid on the man's uh, injuries to his legs, arms, and back. According to the spokesperson, two Americans, two Brits, and one Austrian were with the American who fell. Uh, Some local resources reported there were three family members with him, but the spokesman believes that only the other American is related to the man who fell. Uh, The branch of... I can't pronounce that. Arrived at the scene after the man was rescued, uh, taking him and others into custody. I'm going to guess it's their version of the police. Uh, They were charged with encroachment on public land or land for public use, Italian news reported. Uh, The police for the uh, volcano Vesuvius permanent something something dark side um said they were grateful for the guide's work. <laughs> okay, okay. So so in a nutshell, guy goes to a forbidden path and convinces another troop of international idiots to follow him to the top of Mount Vesuvius for a fucking selfie. Ends up dropping his phone falling into the mouth of the volcano. Which we don't need to tell anybody why that's just bad news. It's probably not falling a great into thing. A vo- <laughs> we have movies and stories that go back through the eons of human sacrifices taking place. Where, where did Gollum meet his doom? In a fucking volcano. We'll look at that shit from the base. We can... There's no amount of Marvel, like, that could get me to the top of a volcano. So, guy falls in, fucks up his leg, couple of meters, fucks up his legs, his arm, and his back, and thank goodness, you know, you've got the, uh, you know, the Italian version of the police or the DCNR. That were just like, you know, on random and pleasant happenstance, observing this, and and came to the rescue. This is. I don't even think that Jim Carrey made movies this stupid. So, one thing that I particularly am, am like like to point out: if this happened in the United States, it would be oh, this poor guy. But you know, in Italy, they're like. All right, we're going to patch you up, and then we're going to arrest you for being a damn idiot. I wish we thought more along those lines, because if you were arrested for being a fucking idiot, then you're less likely to be a fucking idiot. And other people would, you know, also learn from your mistake, at least hopefully. I just I and I also hate the concept and this that's not what this story is but when Americans go abroad they think that you know uh the way you act or the laws of the United States for some reason travel with you I don't really understand that no they they don't they don't <laughs> they really don't and you know there's there's got to be, a, I don't want to say that they like look for it because that would be really hateful. But in some people, there has to be a certain degree of satisfaction with serving a fucking Karen American or just desserts when she's visiting, you know, 
a foreign country. You know, like going through customs in a foreign country. Well, yeah, I want to speak to your manager. Manager doesn't fucking care, lady. <laughs> Line starts and ends right here. Either do what you're fucking told or you don't get into the country. Like, that's that's how they play. Like, you don't, you don't, there's no negotiating. Now, there are, certain, there are certain countries where you can definitely negotiate, you know, using the golden rule. Or, or the gold standard, yeah. rather. <laughs> yeah, man. He who has the gold makes the rules, you know what I mean? There there are countries like that, but in a lot of them, like, you know, people in the UK, people in France, especially anywhere in Europe, you know, they don't fucking care. They don't give a they don't give a fat rat's ass what you're offering. If you don't do what you're told, you're gonna get slapped on the nose like a puppy. That's uh, that and that's that's where it starts. The definition of fuck around and find out. <laughs> yeah, man, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Let, 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 me, let me ask you about this, see what your opinion is. You may have seen this, you may not have. So a number of months ago there was a WNBA player who in their da- off season was playing in a Russian league. And when she packed her bag to to go, she packed um, cartridges that had uh, THC in them. I guess they are marijuana cartridges. I've never seen them before, but I know they exist. Well, Russia has very, very, very strict laws when it comes to drugs and drug smuggling. So when she presented at customs and they searched her bag they found them they arrested her and she's been in jail now for quite some time and everybody in the united states is screaming well one if she was lebron james we would have went to war but on top of that they're just saying that you know we this is just marijuana to us it is just marijuana other countries don't feel the same way In, in in japan for example you can get the death penalty for drug smuggling so why everyone seems to think that our laws trump everybody else's or our way of living mm. is the right way as opposed to anybody else's. Now, you know, my personal belief and obviously your personal belief is we don't give a shit about marijuana, but other countries have much stricter laws. Get your head out of your ass and realize that just because you were born here, or where we are, the United States, because we may have international listeners. Hell, I don't know at this point. Uh, <laughs> but you're not more important than anybody else. Nope. When you are in someone else's sandbox, you got to play by their rules. Like, the first tenant of, of international travel is, like, listen to the locals. You know? If somebody, if you see a sign that says, don't go here, don't go there. This is not America. They don't care about the grass. That's not why they're telling you not to go there. They're telling you not to go there for, like, personal safety reasons, like falling into a fucking volcano. Perfect example of why you should listen to signs. You know, why should we listen to signs? (laughs) Like, why should we listen to signs that are posted in foreign countries? We're Americans. Exhibit A. First, First document, like... Our first exhibit here is this guy who didn't listen to the sign and fell into Vesuvius. A fucking volcano. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. that... Come on, man. 
All right, Buck, let's let's jump over to easternshorepost.com. Name of future Parksley Bar and Grill causes local stir. And I'm, Ooh. The locals are angry. <laughs> are they like are they like grab the pitchforks and torches angry? They kind of seem to be, because the name of this new bar was on the minds of speakers during a public comment period on Monday's Parksley Town Council meeting. So the most vocal people in the town, the ones that go to the town council meetings to express their displeasure about things, were the ones talking. Several speakers, all women, say the name The G-Spot is disrespectful to women and not a good reflection on the town. <laughs> Co-owner, oh. Co-owner Kelly Hart also spoke about the choice of a name, explaining her husband, G.W. Hart, often goes by G. Uh, those speaking both for and against the names, it is not within the town's jurisdiction to say what a private business calls itself. Still, one, one speaker, former council member Julie Nash, asked the council to send a letter to the owners asking them to modify the name. The council took no action on this request. The Hearts announced earlier this year they had bought the former Club Car Cafe with plans to reopen it as a restaurant on one side of the building and a bar and grill on the other. After they held a contest to name the restaurant, the names Off the Rails was selected. In June 20 I'm sorry, in a June 28th post on Off the Rails Facebook page, the bar name and logo were announced. So a lot of friends and family from the community named the bar. We're keeping the same name, so it kind of stuck. I'm not trying to start an argument, said resident Betty Farley. If your name's Betty, you're trying to start an argument, sorry. Uh, oh yeah. During Monday's meeting, Farley said she was gobsmacked, and she used the word, quoted, gobsmacked. When she saw I'm telling you what, man, I'm telling you what, when Betty gets to the fucking podium, you know, you know that's a shit disturber right there. I am gobsmacked by Betty's, uh, just the beginning. Go ahead, man. I guarantee you, I guarantee you Betty's at every council meeting. But when she saw the bar's name and logo, including the tagline, everyone wants to come, but only a few can find it. (laughs) I was like, I can't believe this could be real. I thought it was a joke. Farley said when she uh, asked G.W. Hart about it and was told the name is a play on words on his name. To me, it's not very funny. It must be a generation thing, Farley said. (laughs) Farley said that Hart had some great plans and said she wants the restaurant to succeed, but said the name is putting women's sexuality there. Because women aren't allowed to be sexual beings? Okay. Uh, What kind of people are going to come? (laughs) Everybody come. (laughs) They're going to think it's for a lap dance. And they're going to walk in and be sorely disappointed, apparently, because all they're going to have is chicken tenders. (laughs) Farley said the town is, quote... On the verge of getting out of this rut where people think uh, we're nothing but a bunch of lowlifes. They've entrusted our town with a $5 million regional library, and we're going to have that logo that's putting women down about their sexuality. That ain't right. How is that putting women down? I have no idea. That's just absurd. No, no, no. Hang on. That is a a generational thing. Hang on. No, no, no. We, We... no, we need help on this one. Give me one second. I'm call. I'm phoning for help. 
Phone a friend. I'm phoning a friend. Hey, uh, so you're live on the Social Liability Podcast, and we need an opinion from a person that possesses a vagina. I have a vagina. You do? That's great. Okay, so there is a restaurant that is uh, had a contest, and they named itself. The guy's name that owns this restaurant is named G.W. Hart, and they named their restaurant The G-Spot. <laughs> and... Well, that's the tagline. The tagline of the uh, the restaurant is, everyone wants to come, but only a few can find it. Now, uh, Betty, who is a resident of the town and frequents the town council meeting, says that this is derogatory towards women. Um, <laughs> it's not very funny. Uh, it's, a, what is it? Uh, they're going to have to put the women down about their sexuality, and that ain't right. So, is naming a restaurant the G spot and having the tagline uh, "Everyone wants to come, but few can find it" uh, anyway derogatory towards women? I would actually consider it derogatory towards men because isn't that the stereotype or the trope? Very good point. What do you think, Buck? <laughs> well, Buck's muted. I think. Oh, there he is. No, no, no. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cripple fingers can't unmute microphones very quickly. But no, I, I think that that's an interesting, uh, an interesting perspective. And uh, yeah, you know, there are there are quite a few more men that can't find the G spot than women. So that so, is for sure. So what we're hearing is Betty is an old old crone, and uh, you know, phone a friend. Sadar uh, is the voice of all women, and <laughs> it says that Betty's an idiot. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sadar. Sure. <laughs> Modern technology at its finest. <laughs> at its finest. <laughs> uh, Mayor, how long? How long? How long? How long have you been waiting to use that setup? Uh, I've never thought about it. It just was right here. <laughs> yeah, but but but. Tell me there's not a personal degree of satisfaction that you that you hold right now while sipping your frappin' frappin' mappuccino. It's a frappin' mocha bullshit, thank you. Yeah, that sipping on that thing, you're just resting in your bed of laurels going, yeah. I barely had to touch shit to do that. <laughs> like uh... that's that's just that's I'm sorry, folks. That's just the only thing that would have made that better is if somebody would have been there fanning him and feeding him grapes. If you could see the amount of effort that he didn't put into setting up that whole impromptu phone a friend scheme. It it was sublime. <laughs> As a man who can't do shit, I gotta say, man, I'm impressed at your ability to make many things happen while seemingly doing nothing. Yes, Thank you. Story of my life. Uh, Mayor, Frank, clap. Mayor Frank Russell replied, I honestly never thought I'd have a conversation at a town council meeting like this. But I will say this. This is absolutely nothing the council can do, even if it wanted to. <laughs> Russell said he had spoken with Hart, who told Russell if Parksley uh, does not want him, he has been in contact with several restaurants in Onacock. <laughs> Oh my god, not even. Oh my lord. Um what if I named it that? 
Probably not, but there's <laughs> there's reality of life now. Have you been to uh, Chinatoka? I don't know. Have you seen some teachers they've got over there lately? It's it's a generational thing. Whatever. Uh, Nancy Duncannon from Greenbush said, "To have a restaurant or a bar allude to a woman's vagina, that <laughs> that just doesn't seem like Parksley to me." With the new library and Parksley improving all the time, I think it's a bad look. <laughs> Why do they are so obsessed about this fucking library? <laughs> is wow. It, is it the library board? Are they the ones lining up to, to, to bitch about this? Oh, my gosh. I don't even know, man. All I can... I can't get the thought out of my head that Onacock almost had the G-spot. Nash asked council members to request Hart modify the name to GW Spot or G's Spot. <laughs> uh, she asked members to state publicly what they think of the name. It's embarrassing to the town because they started calling the Eagle's Nest, the current bar's name, the G Spot. And then Parksley becomes the vagina of the shore. Holy <laughs> <laughs> crap. Adding that we have been working really hard on bringing up our reputation. She knew that town elections are coming up in November and said, as voters in Parksley, I think we have the right to know where you stand on this issue. Fuck you, bitch. (laughs) In reply, Councilman Ricky Taylor said, so you're going to base your vote on what we think of one issue. Councilman Carol Matthews uh, said she agrees with Farley and Nash. I have the same hesitation about supporting a restaurant that seems to put a woman's anatomy on display. Oh my God. <laughs> Councilwoman Jan Welsh said it took a lot of courage for women to speak out. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> There's just no two ways to look at it. It's very suggestive, and I don't think it's appropriate. Councilman Sam Welsh says he is a son, a husband, and a father of three girls and a boy, and a grandfather to two boys and a girl. The other thing is, I'm a pastor. Oh, here we go. I believe the Bible, and I believe as a pastor, oh, as a man, and as a husband, as a father of precious girls, this does not turn me on. <laughs> I don't think they were trying to turn you on, dude. <laughs> I mean, you kind of, like, it's a good thing that that, that particular hey, bullet didn't no, no. hit you, because nobody was aiming there. Hey, Buck, Buck, let me, let me see if this works. Boobs. Did, did that turn you on? A little bit. Well. So I can't do it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Wells said that he was really embarrassed when Hart came to the council and told them about his plans for the restaurant, but said, I'm not really happy about this. You don't have to be. <laughs> Councilman Henry Nichols said, I think it's a marketing plan. GW is a very intelligent you want to finish your sentence there, dude? Is a very intelligent. Okay. I've known him all my life. A lot of us call him G. Uh, we've been calling him that for years. I understand his marketing plans. Nicholas said, we stand behind GW whether you vote for me or not. Good for you, dude. Uh, Councilman Dan Matthews said, I do believe it's inappropriate. If it were my place, I wouldn't call it that. Still, it's his business and he can do what he wants. There you That's go. That's a great opinion. That is that is that is as far as that opinion should go. Russell said that he like, agreed with Nicholson. I wouldn't have been him in my first choice either, but the, but then successful is everything that he has done. But he has been successful in everything that he has done. Okay, it doesn't work. He'll if it doesn't work, he'll change it. He said, "Times change." Uh, 
I want G in town. I want his restaurant. If it was a little uproar he causes uh, him to bail out, I'm going to be sad because if he decides to go to Onacock, we're not going to change it. He's not going to change it there either. <laughs> Co-owner Kelly Hart. Oh, my gosh. Co-owner Kelly Hart said that, uh, then spoke about the bar's name. Here we go. Everyone calls oh, him G. And I have the G. He is retiring, and this will be his spot, she said of her husband. Uh, she said the response to the name has been overwhelmingly positive, with more than 250 positive comments on the f- page's uh, Facebook page. Sorry, the business's Facebook page, along with likes and shares. My husband and I love the town of Parksley. It would break my heart if he hears people saying that he, they don't want what's best, saying that he doesn't want what's best for the town. As a woman, I don't feel the name is degrading, but that's my own opinion, which you're entitled to have. Hart described her husband as a compassionate and thoughtful man. As a woman and as his wife, I am outraged by the way some people in this town are insinuating my husband is degrading women by naming the bar the G-Spot. Yes, it's a play on words. So are a lot of other restaurants. Uh, As far as the word being degrading towards women, I'm a little confused on that. When you hear G-Spot, it's definitely not a bad thing for women. She said the bar's name will not be on the outside of the building. (laughs) Fucking Betty. (laughs) The shit, man. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I'd make make the sign ten stories tall. (laughs) Man. I tell you what, if I were if I were this guy, if I were GW whatever his name is, if I were the proprietor of the G spot, I'd I'd move my ass right to Onacock. I'd be like, now we're, we're going to Onacock with them. We gotta get the G spot. <laughs> yep. Where do we find the G spot? Oh, by Onacock. <laughs> well, now we know it's not a play on words. <laughs> Very good indeed. All right, Buck, we're back, and we're going to talk about some good cops. Well, no, we're not. We're going to talk about bad cops and more bad cops or fake cops. So have you heard about the Lake Arthur Lake Arthur badge scheme? No, not, not even a little bit. This is a bit unique. This is actually an older story. It was originally posted in 2018 and updated in 2019. Uh, I, I literally I found out about it because I was just... Uh, fussing around on YouTube and I found a video story about this. So I had to look up the, uh, the the print story and I thought this is just too good to be true. So have you ever heard of um, a police department having a reserve program? No. Uh, so there there's departments out there. A lot of sheriff's departments do this where they'll have a reserve corps uh, where these are deputies that are not paid. Uh, but they need them for whatever reason because they they can't afford to have an, enough staff or something of that nature. Something something kind of happened like that in Lake Arthur, New Mexico, which we're going to talk about. It's kind of like going back to the Wild West. State Rep. Bill Rem said, uh, "When I first looked at this, I went, oh my god.'" <laughs> and when State Police Chief Peter uh, Cassettas found out what was going on in Lake Arthur, New Mexico, he said it immediately made n- absolutely no sense. It's dangerous and it's inexcusable. To the casual observer, Lake Arthur is a picturesque village 33 miles south of Roswell. But behind the scenes, there is something terribly long wrong in Lake Arthur, New Mexico, which has the population of 430 people. 
can you even call yourself a town when you're that small? Uh, the focus. Uh, wow. <laughs> the focus of KRQE News 13's investigation on the Village Police Department. Officially, Lake Arthur doesn't have a police department. The village pays volunteer cops $20 a year to occasionally write speeding tickets. But our investigation finds, unofficially, Lake Arthur has assumed an underground police force with more than 100 gun-toting officers on its roster. None of them live in Lake Arthur. In fact, most don't even live in New Mexico. For example, late Lake Arthur Police Sergeant uh, Cum Con Chantel uh, lives in Los Angeles. Sergeant Jonathan Gorley lives in Colorado, and Sergeant uh, Dwayne Liptak lives in a Texas address. It's a scheme cooked up by the Lake Arthur Volunteer Police Chief Will Norwood. KRQE's investigation finds that Chief Norwood passed out authentic-looking police credentials to scores of his friends and associates, as well as numerous celebrities across the country. In his more than 40 years with the New Mexico Municipal League, Bill, I can't pronounce his last name, said he's never seen anything like this. It's literally just blowing me away. My opinion is it's com it's a complete sham. My opinion is what's happening in Lake Arthur needs to be stopped immediately, and that chief needs to be held accountable. <laughs> um, Lake Arthur's badge scheme was set up 13 years ago. Uh, we started out as a way to have more law enforcement in our town, says the mayor. Uh, our community is so small, we can't afford to pay a police officer a lot of money. <laughs> 430 people, you can't really afford to pay them anything. Uh, Lake Norwood came up with a suggestion to help vi uh, the village with a no-cost law enforcement solution. Norwood submitted the proposal to the Lake Arthur Town Council. I wonder if Betty's on that council. Uh, he came up with the idea that they can have some reserves, and they'll help us out. Norwood proposed forming the Lake Arthur Posse of sorts, a group of volunteers called reserve officers who could help keep the village safe. But reservists are not certified police officers under New Mexico law, and they do not have law enforcement powers to act on their own, and they cannot make arrests. The Lake Arthur Reserve Police Program was launched in 2005, but instead of recruiting local residents, the chief rounded up a posse from across the country. They were ex-military buddies, guns enthusiasts, and a handful of celebrities. For example, military hero and lone survivor author Marcus Luttrell from Texas signed on with the tiny Southern Village Police Department. So did Rob O'Neill, the ex-Navy SEAL who has claimed to have killed Osama bin Laden. Mixed martial arts legend Royce Gracie and his brother Royler uh, were recruited along with jiu-jitsu guru David Advid. Advi, 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 there we go, <laughs> from New Jersey. Uh, Norwood also recruited ex-Navy SEAL and sometimes actor Andrew Arabito, who calls California home. More than 80% of the Lake Arthur police force lives out of state. KRQE's investigation found at least 112 names in the Lake Arthur police roster. Uh, they're here as volunteers. They would fly in, do their time, and then they would go home. Lake Arthur Reserve officers have limited law enforcement authority only within the village limits. Chief Norwood set up the volunteer posse as if it were a legitimate police department. The chief organized the Lake Arthur Training Division and called all reserve officers would be required to pass a comprehensive police officer training program. However, New Mexico Law Enforcement Training Academy Executive uh, Director Stephen Marshall says Lake Arthur's training program is not accredited. 
Uh, basic training has to be through an accredited and certified academy. Uh, KRQE News 13's investigation finds that Lake Arthur's chief abused his authority by passing out legitimate police credentials in exchange for a $400 annual fee paid to the private Lake Arthur Reserve Police Officer Association. The credentials Will Norwood issues gave his friends full police powers with statewide authority. The Lake Arthur Commission card allows an individual to wear a badge, carry a concealed weapon, bypass accredited training, and play cop. Why would private citizens want New Mexico police credentials? There's probably a couple of reasons, State Police Chief uh, Pete Casatas perhaps said. Uh, Many people want to play police officers and just can't. So this is what it seems like they're doing so they can somewhat buy their way in. Uh, The chief said that the difference between a businessman with a Lake Arthur badge living in California and a New Mexico state police officer is 22 weeks of on-site, closely evaluated training. The difference in the 14-step process to get into the academy. The difference is that my officers aren't able to walk in, write a check, and leave with a badge and credentials and a gun. Lake Arthur's police chief uh, police roster includes Texas actor Will Rivera and businessman Oliver Brooks. Brooks calls himself Captain Brooks and keeps a Lake Arthur uh, take-home patrol car parked in the driveway of his Los Ranchos estate north of Albuquerque. Uh, Los Ranchos is 242 miles from the village of Lake Arthur. I asked the chief about this, and he said that Oliver uh, Brooks had bought the car to donate to the reserve unit, and the car had been having engine problems, so he decided not to do it. Mayor, Mayor Salazar said Brooks wanted to keep it up in Los Ranchos because the chief told me they were having problems with break-ins in Los Ranchos, and he thought the car sitting there would uh, help as a deterrent. Oliver Brooks has since told has since been told to remove the Lake Arthur police insignias from his vehicle. The Los Ranchos businessman did not uh, return repeated calls for comment. Uh, Jordan Nybert, who owns an Albuquerque self-defense school, has a Lake Arthur commission and falsely claims on his resume to be a certified police officer. Even though Texas Allen Brooks is a Texan Allen Brooks is not a certified police officer, he uses his Lake Arthur credentials to take part in a 2015 drug task force raid while trying to serve a warrant, the suspect in the case was shot and killed. According to the state police investigators, Brooks was one of three who fired his weapon, though Brooks was not charged. Charles Pressburg flashed his Lake Arthur police credentials after he was busted for shooting his brother-in-law in Oregon last year. Uh, Pressburg pled guilty and was sentenced to 18 months probation. Mayor Salazar says after the shooting incident, Pressburg was removed from the Lake Arthur police roster. Oh boy. When ex-Navy SEAL James Dennis D.J.D. Smith was charged with drug smuggling by the DEA in North Carolina last year, he carried his Lake Arthur police credentials. Smith was indicted on the charges and will face a jury trial later this month. Lake Arthur's mayor admits Smith with a reserve officer and says that his commission was revoked after his arrest. (laughs) Albuquerque attorney and former... uh, County Commissioner says, I'm sorry, Simon uh, Kubak runs the Lake Arthur Reserve Officers Association. Although Kubak has no police training, he is listed in the Lake Arthur's records as a lieutenant. Kubak's private association collects $400 in annual dues from each of its posse members. However, the Albuquerque attorney refused to release any accounting of the funds and would not agree to an interview about the money. It looks to me like it's a fraternity who wants to carry concealed guns. 
says the state rep Bill Rem, who is a retired Benillo County Sheriff's captain and also a member of the BCSO reserves. <laughs> Rem says, in his opinion, the Lake Arthur Police Department is not by the book. They're not following any procedures prescribed by the Law Enforcement Academy. And the documentation that documentation that you showed me is totally inadequate to even be a police agency. Oh my God. And it goes on and on here for a while. Um, and it actually, they threw an open records request. The, a, um, the news posted the names of all of their reservists and what states they're in. And after watching the news art, uh, when it played, they, oh my Lord, I just saw, I just recognized a name on there. I just recognized a name on the list from Pennsylvania, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> Is it somebody we used to work with? Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking right at it. <laughs> oh no, man. Is it, it, are the initials PP? No, 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 no. But I, 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 okay. we'll, we'll talk about it offline because, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Oh, I'm probably not going to be surprised. Oh my God. I just recognized a name on there. <laughs> but anyway, most of the people actually have, now they've had their names published, have resigned. Uh, the news article was actually a lot more telling too, because we're well, not the news article, the, uh, the, the television piece that played, it actually showed pictures of these people and they were like going to tactical stores and buying all this tactical gear. And they were showing up looking just like the most militaristic, like uh, homegrown police thing you've ever seen in your life. And it's, it's, it's quite scary. This went on for as long as it did and that no one, it went unchecked. I just, I'm, I'm gobsmacked by it. Um, the county, oh. I'm gobsmacked. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? I just, I want to let you know, man, I did a small search on the uh, Lake Arthur town council and they do not have a Betty, but they do have a Roberta. It's pretty close. <laughs> It, that, that I mean, like, eh. well, the the town council has asked the uh, the Chavez County Sheriff to patrol the village now because the police department has been dismantled, <laughs> and they've recalled all their credentials. So, if you ever have somebody flash a badge from um, Lake Arthur, New Mexico, it's fake. Okay, <laughs> just so you yeah, know. yeah. So, so what do you think, Buck? I I, I don't even know. This is probably one of the most wildly inappropriate ways to live out a fucking childhood fantasy. Because that's all it appears to be to me. Like, or or a very, very elaborate scheme to get yourself killed. I mean, like, that, that might be one accomplishment that you could, that you could get with your credentials. You know, certain, certain death due to lack of training and awareness. You know, I don't have that training. I would never profess to go out and tote a gun. Even even if I were even if I were a fully capable walking man, running, skipping, jumping, playing, this is not this is not among the list of things that I would that I would do with my mobility. Like that that I would not do. It's it's absurd. And it's an insult to everybody who did go through it too. You know? It, there are a lot of places where, you know, they'll tell you, you know, being a cop ain't easy. 
becoming a cop isn't easy. And for somebody to just walk in, pay pay their fee and have all all the all the all access to the good rides at a park, nah. That's 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 pretty saucy. Pretty saucy indeed. Okay, we're gonna move on and we're gonna go talk <laughs> talk about a, uh, a another cop. This one probably went to the academy. This is being reported by the AtlantaBlackStar.com. Just doing her job, a Rochester EMT was placed in handcuffed after choosing to prioritize a patient over an officer whose car was hit by an ambulance door. So I've, I first this story first came to my attention when I saw the video. So it's and it is bad as it's going to sound. Rochester Police Accountability Board is investigating a video of a police officer handcuffing an emergency medical technician who tended to a patient on a stretcher shared widely on social media last week. According to reports, the officer asked the EMT to hand over her identification card after she accidentally banged the ambulance door into a patrol car that was parked in the ambulance bay at Strong Memorial Hospital as she unloaded a patient on July 11th in western New York City. The EMT reportedly told the officer she is needing to get the patient inside first. Video shows the officer approach the woman as she stands next to the patient on the gurney. He pushes the female EMT in front of a desk, spins her around, handcuffs her, and then escorts her outside. Reports show that she was released later with no charges being filed. The Twitter video uh, of the woman being roused and was shared by WEHC reporter and has been viewed 3.5 million times and retweeted and reproduced thousands of other times. Many uh, are criticizing the officer's actions. Well, no shit. The Police Accountability Board of Community Members said it was it has been made aware of the incident and is in the process of reviewing the information. What sort of fucking... I hate when they do that shit. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're performing an investigation. You see the same goddamn video we're seeing, motherfuckers? Don't try to say like it could be viewed some other way. I hate that shit. Uh, mm. Rochester Police Chief David Smith said the department launched an internal investigation into the incident. And we'll, we'll investigate ourselves and find that we did nothing wrong. Uh, officer has been placed on desk duty due to limited interaction with the public under until the investigation is complete. So we're going to let him sit at a desk and hide for a few weeks until this blows over. That's the translation, folks. As chief, I demand that members of the Rochester Police Department perform their activities in a professional manner. And as such, we must hold ourselves to a high standard of accountability. Ambulance bays allow medical personnel uh, to unload a patient and quickly get them into a hospital's emergency department. Research shows that police vehicles must follow the same traffic rules as everyone else except in an emergency. It is unclear why the officer who was not identified was parked in the ambulance bay. It was there because he can park closer. That's just, that's just a fact. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Chief Dewey, the police chief uh, officer at uh, Monroe Ambulance, I'm sorry, the chief information officer at Monroe Ambulance commended the EMT for prioritizing her the patient amid the altercation with the officer. The organization plans to recognize the tech publicly in the coming days, but said she asked that her identity remains private. However, he also called for the public not to criticize the entire Rochester Police Department for one officer's actions. While this incident is still under internal investigation, our review of the video footage of the event shows that safe, both shows the safety of both our employee and that of her patient were jeopardized by this officer's actions. Our employees showed discretion by prioritizing the care of a patient, and in, in, and it is the exception 
uh, expectation, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time, uh, that all of our care providers do the same. We would, however, appreciate uh, resisting derogatory comments against RPD as an as an, as an organization, the incident has, was perpetrated by a single individual in the subject of an investigation by his employer. Everyone is entitled to due process regardless of their opinion. Dewey is it said in a Friday night statement, we trust that the matter will be disposed of appropriately and responsibly. I don't care what you find. I hope she sues the piss out of you. There's no qualified immunity for that, folks. <laughs> Furthermore, we do not believe that the behavior of the officer aligns with the values of RPD's leadership and should no way condemn the rest of the brave brothers and sisters in blue. We are eager to learn of the outcome of RPD's official investigation. Mike Johnson of Saves Rochester, a local black rights civil, civil rights organization, said they spoke with the EMT and she plans to take legal action. Well, no shit. There is just... This is just evidence that black people, black women, are more often victimized, and even in the most extraordinary circumstances, this victim was just doing her job. Community activist Antonia Winter questioned why the officer chose another, did not choose another route to address the issue. He could have had a conversation with her. Why did he first go to decide to go? Why did he, yeah? Why was his go to decide to go physical? This is traumatic. This is intolerable. There are people that are charged with uh, protecting and serving or injuring and accosting people they work with. And it goes on a little bit, but this is not a criminal matter. This was a civil matter. You weren't on a public road. You were on private property. Police are very quick to tell you when you, call, when you have a traffic accident in a parking lot, this is a civil matter. We're not going to get involved. Well, this is a civil matter. These are two vehicles who possibly got a ding in it when she opened the door, when he was parked somewhere he wasn't fucking supposed to be. And because he done got caught uh, and she's taking a patient into the hospital and she says, I'll deal with you when I'm done. He walks into the hospital, handcuffs her and pulls her out away from a patient. Not only do I hope she sues him, I hope the fucking... Uh, hospital, the ambulance company, and the patients sue him. Agreed. My dude, God. that's what what another gross display of misusing authority. Ugh. You know what? What is that like? I wish there was a screening process to get rid of people like that. I really do. Unfortunately, police departments often investigate themselves and find that they did nothing wrong. Well, I mean, you know what? It's easy to win at checkers when you never move your back fucking row. (laughs) 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 I mean, like, that's that's basically what it equates to. Oh, we're going to have the law investigate the law? Yeah, okay. All right. Let's let's see how that goes. I'll be interested to see what what side of the coin this flip lands on. Oh, we—I we, uh, mean, I'm not going to draw a conclusion, but uh, I can probably guess pretty thoroughly what's going to happen. Um, I, I just—in what world did he think this was appropriate? His own. Yeah, his own little fucking that's, world. That's that's the only place where this was appropriate. Was his own little microverse. And unfortunately, the people who live within the boundaries of reality hopefully don't fucking take it. 
you know, because it, this is just, it's disgusting, man. When, when people behave that way, it really, it really makes it harder for the rest of us. This is indeed accurate. All right, Buck, that's going to bring us to the end of another episode of the Social Liability Podcast. If you enjoy the show, we do ask that you hit that thumbs up or you hit the subscribe button or you, the best case thing, the best thing we ever ask is not to pay us any money because, you know, that's not what we're asking for. The only thing we ask you pay is attention. Tell a friend, help us get the name out there, help the podcast spread far and wide. And, you know, catch us again next week on the Social Liability Podcast. You can catch us on just about every every podcasting platform under the sun. You can check out our Saturday episodes, which include stories that you've just heard. Our Wednesday episodes, who currently have stories from Reddit, such as Am I the Asshole or Relationship Advice. Hopefully that's going to spin off into its own thing here soon, as soon as we can think of a name. That's really it's all that's holding us up, Buck, because we got to think of a name. Other than that, uh, folks, I'm the Raz, he's the Buck. Wishing you all a happy, safe week, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast. Mm-hmm.